You're listening to The Senior Solution, a production of the Detroit Area Agency on Aging, and I'm Geneva Williams. I'm here occasionally to talk with some of the people in our community who've uh, devoted themselves to improving the lives of others. We know them by the work they do, yet too often we don't know about the people and events who impacted their lives. This is something I hope to do here on The Senior Solution. Today, my guest uh, and friend is former Detroit City Council member Sheila Cockrell and also head of Crossroads Consulting Group. Sheila, welcome and thanks for joining us. Geneva, it's a pleasure to be here. I really look forward to this. Thank you. You know, you know you've done so much in our community, but your latest venture, uh, Crossroads Consulting Group, tell us what led to you starting that. Well, Crossroads is a business that I've uh, established after I left the city council to provide uh, public policy, public affairs, um, advice and counsel to uh, people who are trying to get involved in business in the city of Detroit or are established businesses here. Uh, in addition, a part of my work at Crossroads is I'm involved in uh, civic engagement uh, activities um, with uh, Dr. Irvin Reed, President Emeritus of Wayne State University. We have a project called Citizen Detroit, which is near and dear uh, to my heart and is a um, is basically an extension of the kind of public policy, public civic engagement that um, I was involved in for my 16 years on the city council. Yes, and you've been known as a political organizer and public policy expert. Tell us about your upbringing and what put you on this path. Well, it I grew up in the Detroit Catholic Worker Movement. My parents uh, started the Catholic Worker in Detroit in 1937. Uh, the Catholic Worker was a, we, we, I, I grew up in, in today's lexicon, what would be called a shelter. Uh, we had, our home was a place where women and children could live and did live because there were housing shortages. It's hard to imagine, but there were housing shortages in Detroit uh, in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, we had St. Francis House of Hospitality, which was a place where men who uh, didn't have places to live could stay. And we had a soup kitchen that uh, ran 365 days a year. Uh, my parents chose to live a life of voluntary poverty, which means meant that donations were the basic uh, income source for the family and for the work that uh, my parents were doing. So I grew up in, a, in an engaged, if you will, um, environment uh, really from the beginning and was taught very early by my parents the importance of, of standing up and speaking uh, the truth as you believe it. Were there turning points or special events in your life that influenced your choices? Uh, yes. The, for me, um, a really seminal um, event, uh, local event, was the 1967 rebellion. Um, I was volunteering at a group in the West Central Organization, WCO, uh, in that era, and was uh, actually on the streets and saw how the police uh, behaved in that uh, civil disorder and had, through my work at WCO, become very much acquainted with the problems of police brutality and violence in neighborhoods uh, of the city. And really, that was, it was very much a shaping uh, event for, for me in terms of believing that, 
making change at the local level was really central to improving the lives of people I cared about. And, you know, as you as you grow older and and look, and we all are. Absolutely. It's better than the, op- That's the, right. uh, than the option, right? <laughs> but as you're, you're aging and you look back, um, do those occurrences like the rebellion, do they take on a different meaning for you? Do you think about it differently today? I, I, to me, it's kind of a continuum. I mean, I, I, you know, it, but sort of the older you get, the more you kind of can look back with a kind of interesting combination of dispassionateness and passion um, about those days. What followed '67 was, you know, I was in, I created an organization called the Ad Hoc Action Group that took on the issue of police brutality. We were, in, I was involved with my uh, late husband with. Um, supporting the work of the of the League of Revolutionary Black Workers. I was involved in the Labor Defense Coalition where we took on uh, issues of judicial and police misconduct. My late husband was accused, uh, was, was, you know, charged with contempt of court for mm-hmm. calling a judge out for his uh, racially based decision making. Uh, and so, I, you know, it was a very exciting time. The one thing I knew about the era was that it wasn't going to last and that there would be some change, but it was not going to be the profound transformation that people in the sort of the progressive left movement in that era thought was going to happen, that that was unrealistic, that social change literally is incremental. It is step by step. It is work that is never completed, and you play your role in your era, and then you pass the baton when it's time to do that. Mm. Now, you're teaching at Wayne State. Yes. Uh, do you think that today's uh, young people are able to grasp the significance of the times they're living in now? And do you feel that they fe- uh, believe they've had the baton passed to them? I think that many young people you know, see, the, see the baton as having been passed to them um, are... But I mean, I sort of I have this argument with young people in my life, my my daughter and and her friends and that. I mean, it's like I understand this social media world minimally, but I can tell you this, and I have told them this more than once, liking an article or liking an action that somebody else has taken is not engagement at the level at which social change can really happen. Is there a role for social media, for Twitter and Facebook and all that? Absolutely. They are tools. But engagement, to be engaged on behalf of your beliefs, on behalf of people you believe in or want to help, it's not sufficient. So I think that's a a generational difference. Um, I think the, in terms of my daughter, the, the, you know, we have interesting conversations about race. I mean, her, her, she's part of the generation of young, um, young people whose thing is you guys from the 60s, you know, see everything in really stark racial terms. It's really not that way. And I thought it was an interesting point of view that, yeah, that, that, that there is a difference that needs to be understood also, which I really had really never thought about. So it was pointed out to me, some of these young people. There's, a, there's, gen, there's two generations of people now who grew up when with with Detroit, experiencing Detroit only in decline, they don't have a sense of a of a of a city that wasn't completely you know troubled and getting more troubled. So and that really does have a shaping uh, shapes uh, your perspectives um, in a way that that gives you a different generational 
uh, input. I find it helpful to me in giving me a kind of a better lens through which to look at my life and my experience to have that input, to appreciate that it really, you know, we are, we are pretty, we were pretty, you know, clear in terms of these conversations in a way that, that things have shifted now a bit. Do you think the, um, the young people of today, um, understand the importance of being engaged? I think the first conversation is what is engagement. And I think okay. that may be where I, I would, you know, some of, some of what, you know, like this whole notion of I'm quote unquote giving back to the community. I don't really like that concept. I'm not giving back. I'm part of a community. This is my, my role, my responsibility to be part of, uh, you know, improving the community, whether it's the neighborhood, you know, clean up the, the park or the, you know, protesting police brutality or going to the mayor's uh, state of the city. Those are all things that you do because you're a member of a community. You're not like, so, you know, I don't like this notion of, of, of engagement as being separate from sort of part of the life of. So, and I think that's a, that, you know, that's a, uh, something of a difference. Mm -hmm. And what, what do you think about the other side of the spectrum for us who are um, aging, who are now seniors, who are elders? Do you think we're, that we uh, are still committed to building the community? And do you think we recognize the importance of that continued commitment? I think it's something you have to sort of have that conversation with yourself. To you, have, you can make a choice. It's a clear choice. At a certain point, you can say, "Well, I did what I could. I did my part. I'm going to pass the baton, um, and I'm going to now, you know, smell the roses for whatever that means for an, an individual." Or you can say that this is, you know, part of my vitality as a as a living, breathing human being is to be part of the ongoing process uh, and I'm not passing a baton I'm I'm in it for the in it for the long haul till the last uh, last breath is breathed um, mm. and that's how I prefer to you know sort of look at it so I just you find you adapt over time different ways to participate to be part of the conversation to have your voice heard um, but if you're open to that I, I personally that that's my approach that I I, I like yeah, you like that. You love that. <laughs> you know, you're still doing this wonderful work for for um, seniors who uh, share your point of view sure. that, hey, we've got to stay committed. We need a voice. What do you think are the one or two best ways they can do that? I think um, participate in the in, in the local uh, process, participate, you know, in your local government process. Um Vote, but also, you know, take the time to become informed about issues and really keep yourself from getting kind of rigid intellectually or emotionally rigid. And like, I don't this is the way it was. Therefore, it's the only way it can be. I think that kind of thinking can get in the way of being part of transformational change. Mm -hmm. So, Sheila, tell us, uh, what's the next chapter look like in the Sheila Cockrell story, because it would be an—it's an awesome book. <laughs> so, what does this chapter look like? Well, it's—I mean, I'm very much in, involved with um, the uh, the civic engagement work. I really want to expand that. To me, it's a natural continuum from 
you know, the 60s when we were doing Control, Conflict, and Change Book Club and the Labor Defense Coalition and, you know, uh, ad hoc, all of these activities. I, so I just, I think that's a, it's a place where I think I can make a contribution. Um, I, um, I think that that's a really, really critical part of the chapter. I thoroughly enjoy teaching. It is a way to, to, to be connected to uh, young people. And I, and I, sometimes it makes me sad and other times it's energizing, but to sort of really see the difference in perspective that you have on events based on sort of whether you're you're coming from the 60s or you're coming from the you know 1920 uh, perspective but it's all in all i think it's um it's positive and i enjoy it i do also do sense which to me is ironic because i can remember when i was in my 20s going oh yeah history i don't know yeah right what was going on in detroit in the 40s and 50s you know you guys were irrelevant so it is sort of the chickens come home to roost because guess what i'm now the person saying wait you really do need to understand what happened here before and like yeah right mom (laughs) (laughs) well you know march is women's history month uh who are some of the women you've admired um, my mother, um, Justine Lesperance Murphy, uh, she, you know, really managed uh, a a family of six children and the Catholic worker movement and uh, houses in Detroit. Um, she, she was very influential. Um, Dorothy Day, one of the two founders of the Catholic worker movement, uh, played a really major role uh, in influencing my thinking. Margaret Mead. Um, who early on nominated me for an award when I was, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, something like that, from one of those magazines, uh, Mademoiselle, one of okay. those then that era. Um, so I was able to spend some time with her, and she was, she was a really powerful mm-hmm. uh, influence, particularly on this, this notion of um, being female and being... Um, not, not just being a leader, but being comfortable in sort of being a big voice um, and mm-hmm. not feeling the need to modulate your voice because you were a, a female. So I found, mm-hmm. I found her to be very, mm-hmm. uh, very influential. Wasn't she the one who said about us, it doesn't take, uh, never worry about a small number of people together, coming together, yes. it's always a, a small group. Yes. Or right. having that kind of influence that right. one or two or three people can have. You can, can change things. Can change things. Yes. That doesn't right. matter the big numbers. Right. Um, but so that would be one of the women whose stories you would like us to, to share sure. about their leadership. That's it's amazing. Um, well, I certainly appreciate uh, being here with you and talking with you. And is there anything that you'd like to, some words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with? I, I guess, as it's, for me, it's simple. I mean, never, you know, always speak your truth um, and never believe that your you know, your time has passed, you're too old for whatever. Keep your mobility. I think it's like it's physical and it's psychological, but keep yourself moving. Uh, and I think when you do that, you're, um, you know, you can look at this, this era of one's life um, and enjoy it. Sheila, thanks so much for being with us. Sheila Cockrell, head of Crossroads Consulting Group. Thanks for joining us. And we say back at you, thank (laughs) you so much for all the 
wonderful work you've done for making positive change in this community um, by being an authentic, real leader. We uh, certainly appreciate all you've given to us as Detroiters. I'm Geneva Williams, talking with Sheila Cockrell about her life and her thoughts about growing older in this community. We'll be back soon with others who can share their stories. And now, stay tuned for more of The Senior Solution after a short break. If you've just joined us, I'm Geneva Williams, talking with Sheila Cockrell about her life and her thoughts about growing older in this community.